Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the Thank You Interview podcast. The podcast that talks to content creators about their journey, about the lessons learned, about their processes and about the advice they would give to those who want to be content creators themselves. You may be experienced or you may be yet to hit publish or record, but I guarantee you there will be loads of insights and takeaways for you to think about. In today's episode, I talk to Chief Story Spotter, Mr. David Pullen. If you want to add another element to your content creation and improve your storytelling technique, which, let me tell you, is important, you want to listen to this episode. David was full of wisdom and insight, and I guarantee you are going to take so much away from it. If this is your first time here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I know you're going to. If you do enjoy, let me know your favourite bit on social media, at Tink Interview, everywhere you may look. And most importantly, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow wherever you are consuming this podcast. It would mean the world to me, and I'm sure David too, if you share this episode far and wide. There is probably at least one content creator or aspiring content creator that you'll think of when listening to it who would benefit from hearing it. Storytelling is everything, apparently. Let them know. Anyway, enough from me rambling. Now, on to the podcast. David Pullen, a very, very warm welcome to Thank You Interview. I appreciate you joining me on this. It's actually a sunny morning here. I don't know. Where about where about yeah, you, basically? I'm in southeast England. I'm in a place called Forest Row, which is on the Ashdown Forest, which is where Winnie the Pooh was written. Which was is, uh, you know, Pooh Bridge is about a couple of miles walk down the road from me. Very nice, too. That's, that's a weird that's a weird thing for you to bring up of all mornings. Morning. Oh, so really? I started reading Winnie the Pooh to my daughter two nights ago. Uh, three nights oh, ago, and it's become a firm favourite already. Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's great. Do you know, funny enough, I was on I was on a session with a client yesterday around the world globally, because that's what we can do now with this thing, and there were a bunch yeah. of people from sort of like Missouri and Iowa and Lubbock, Texas, and one of them said the real Winnie the Pooh is in some museum in, in the US now, so they've, they've nicked Winnie the Pooh, they nicked London Bridge. Okay, <laughs> of course they <laughs> I got... I... As good as Winnie the Pooh is, I, I, I'm almost surprised that it uh, that the Americans get it or like it. I don't know. No, it's funny. I tell you who really loves it is Japanese and Chinese tourists. I mean, there's a village called Hartfield, which is actually where, you know, it's sort of like um, it's ground zero for Winnie the Pooh, if you like. <laughs> it's, uh, but they, you get in during the summer, you get you get these coachloads of Japanese and Chinese tourists you know, parked there and heading down the path, the muddy path to Pooh Bridge, which is, it's very funny. Now you do surprise it's great me. Yeah. It all happens down <laughs> here, incredible. mate. It's all happening in, South, in, in East Sussex. You, you kind of come about into my life in a, in a very strange time because storytelling, which I believe you are the first and foremost expert on. Very kind of you. I've suddenly been going down a real rabbit hole of late, but not about me it's about you what why is why storytelling how did, how did you get started in that what tell me about uh your company story spotters i guess you could uh talk about as well yeah i will do i mean because i mean it all sort of bleeds into each other really i mean i suppose that the, 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 I, I i started in the way we all started as kids i mean you know when you go into the back garden and you you're playing you know bow and arrows and i, I remember you used yep. to have a um there was a massive kumquat tree i grew up in australia actually and i lived there till i was about 20 and we used to have a huge kumquat tree in our back garden. And Saturdays for me, 
especially during the winter, this this kumquat tree used to become Mount Everest, and I would be climbing <laughs> this thing all day. I'd be have rucksacks on, I'd be going up this thing, and it was. I was lost in story, as indeed we all are as kids. I suppose the difference with me, it just I just never lost it. I mean, I, you know, I, I became a theatre kid, and I was I, I worked as a professional actor over here for when I first moved to the UK. That's what I moved over to do because I was obsessed with British theatre, and I worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company and things like that until oh, probably yeah till late late nineties, about two thousand, about around about the turn of the turn of the, the around the millennium. That's when I. That's when all the stories got discovered. Well, you know, those who are listening in the UK... Are you going to name drop some big films here? No, I'm not. And if I do, you certainly wouldn't have seen me in them. I did a thing called Mussolini. (laughs) with Actually, actually, there was a thing called Mussolini, which I did when I I very first got married, and I got called out for it to to shoot on it uh, on the... I was on honeymoon and George C. Scott was in it. Robert Downey Jr. was in it. Liam Neeson was in it. Gabriel Byrne was in it. It was like now it was packed full of Hollywood stars. And yeah. if you, if it ever comes up on late night TV, seriously, don't, don't blink. Cause you know, there'll be this little German soldier who goes by and that was me. <laughs> but they were all you wave. <laughs> I waved, I waved. Robert Downey Jr. dancing on a table in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant Rijeka in, in what was then Yugoslavia. But, I'm going to hunt it down. It must be on YouTube somewhere. Oh, it's bound to be. It's bound to be, but literally don't blink. <laughs> so, yeah, Sorry, no, I, I just never lost I story. No, no, no. I mean, well, there you go. I mean, I was, I was, I was surrounded by story, and my, 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 my professional life was storytelling in theatre. And then the, the story spotters happened sort of by accident in a way. I mean, I... I um, my wife, my wife, who was an actress as well, and sort of became a, a, a corporate coach, if you like, during uh, just after our son was born in nineteen. In fact, okay. it's his birthday today, nineteen ninety four. And uh, so, happy birthday, Charlie! He, happy um, birthday, Charlie. he was born. Thank you, mate. I'll see if I can get him to listen to one of these. He's like, oh, yeah. to listen to your podcast. He's like, oh, boring, Dad. Boring. <laughs> boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Banging on about your work. <laughs> So Charlie was born. Sarah Jane decided that she wanted to do something which used her skills as a performer, as a storyteller, and ended up going into into the corporate world uh, yeah. and, and working for for an organisation back in the day when this was quite new of actors going into industry and and helping people just on the uh, on the impact that they made. She left that organisation. I was still acting, but I'd started I, I, I'd started doing this work. There's a place called the City Lit in the centre of London, which is an adult education college. Um, okay. And they have a three-year nighttime drama course. It's sort of part-time drama course, which I taught voice on. And they asked me to create a course called Your Voice is the Business for business people. And it happened two or three times a year over a weekend. Okay. And it was okay. It was basically people doing a lot of voice exercises. But on the second afternoon, there was an exercise. Is that, that, sorry, is, that, I, is that for public speaking kind of stuff? That that was exactly what I aimed it at. It was it was sort of thinking that people, you know, people go into, you know, business people. This is essentially what is carrying your message, this voice. So how yeah. can you how how can you make the most of your voice in a meeting and everything? Which it was fine. There were a lot of voice exercises, but nobody was going to do them after the course because they, you know, it <laughs> takes a lot of effort and a lot of you know, it's like going to the gym every day to get your voice in yeah. good order. Horrible, but um, but there was an exercise I did on the second afternoon, which is I'd get two people together, 
And I'd say, listen, tell, tell each other a story about something that you overcame, something that, you know, something that really surprised you, that you didn't know you had in you, that really made you think about, oh, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that could happen to me. Tell each other the story, spend about half an hour doing that. And ask each other questions. So you've got that head, that, that image really in your head. As a, as a listener, you've got that image in your head. And then come back in. And what we're going to do, we're going to spend the afternoon telling the story. So if you and I were paired together, I would tell the Chris story, but as if it yeah. had happened to me. And a, okay. a really strange magical thing happened is that you could hear a pin drop on that second afternoon because people were listening to these stories absolutely, you know, wrapped by it. And yeah. people were in tears thinking, because they were hearing their own story back to them, thinking, I didn't know I did that. You know, I had some amazing stories that came out of it of, you know, people sort of putting toes back in dislocated toes and hanging out of helicopters <laughs> in Belize and stuff. It was unbelievable. Anyway, that was that. My wife started working in industry. Um, I started working for herself as a, a, apart from this organization. And then one day got really ill. She actually had chronic fatigue and she woke up and she had two seriously big contracts, one in Switzerland, one in the UK that were yeah. essentially our bread and butter. Cause I was still farting about as an actor. And it was, uh, <laughs> so, so she, she woke up, she rang up the partner in charge at one of the big four accountancy firms and said, listen, I can't help you anymore. I, I literally cannot get out of bed. And she said, and I don't know what they said, but they said something along the lines of, do you know anyone who could help us? At which point she turned and said, yes, I think I do. And suddenly I found myself on a plane to Zurich helping to pitch for 20 million Swiss francs worth of work with Swiss Re or something, literally having zero idea, best acting I've ever done in this room <laughs> in, in, in Zurich, thinking, Jesus, how do I get out of this one? And it was, um, I remember on the first morning I got in there, all the guys sitting around talking in words that I had no no idea what they were talking about, no idea about the technicalities. I stopped them after yeah. about an hour and a half. I said, listen, interesting stuff, guys. Let's go away and, uh, you know, get a coffee, get some chocolate. We're in Switzerland and we'll come back and see where we are. We'll regroup. And I ran to the loo and I got on the phone. I said to Sarah Jane, I shouldn't be here. What have you done? Get me out of here immediately. I have no <laughs> idea what these guys are talking about. And she said, the best advice I've ever heard in my life that she gave me, she said, if you don't understand them, they probably don't understand themselves. Yeah, so do what you've no always done. Exactly right. Get them to tell a story yeah. that proves the point about what it is they're trying to do, which I did, which became the center of their pitch, which sent me on this weird journey that 20 years later, I'm sitting here talking to you as a story spotter. Is it, it seems to me that storytelling is really in vogue at the moment. Yeah, and yeah. I and I and I don't know if that's because I've only just discovered it, and it's like you know when you see when you buy a red car and all of a sudden you see a thousand red cars everywhere on the road. <laughs> ha, it, is it in vogue, or has it always been in vogue, but just I haven't seen it? <sighs> that's such a good question. Uh, it, 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 yes, it is massively in vogue, and you throw a stick at LinkedIn, and everyone's a bloody storyteller yeah. out there. I mean, it's, it's I did it's, one this know, morning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't move for them, and people are sort of. There are millions of story coaches, and some really good ones as well. Mm. What I would say is that I I think that because of some of these very good people who've sort of like elevated it to the surface, yeah, they've made it made people realize that we've always told stories, and it's not a 
it's not a it's not a fluffy soft thing anymore it's actually you know it's the short it's the it's the highway to the brain and the heart i think i mean because yeah. it lights up people's neurons i mean i always when i'm doing courses with people there's a slide that i use with people i show them this picture of a it's a it's a vw combi van parked outside a outside an apartment and it says literally this line it says i don't know if you noticed but mark van was parked outside karen's house last night and I say, take a couple of minutes. What do you think's going on there? Now, within two seconds, everyone's imagined what's going on there. They're thinking, right, well, they were obviously upstairs. They're having an affair. And, you know, you ask people what it was. And some people say, oh, well, Mark's parking space was obviously used, so he's parked there. And people come up with a reason and an explanation. They find a situation, a problem, and an outcome and, and a consequence of it. I think yeah. the interesting thing about this in business terms is story is out there. It has always been out there since human beings first spoke to each other. It is how yeah. we organize our lives. It's how we, 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 we check ourselves. I'm in a situation here. I'm about to speak to Chris on a podcast. My link isn't working. Therefore, I will email Chris and say, can you give me a new link? That's the story yeah. structure of situation, problem, conclusion. Yeah. I just think business is cottoning onto that. Yeah. There's, there's some stat, which I'm sure you know, and I will paraphrase and butcher about people the recall of people knowing stuff if they've heard it as a story as opposed to if i just said to you oh you know there's 50 books on the on your bookcase yeah, yeah. as opposed to you tell me a story about how you came about all 50 books is that is that right if i butchered that well i mean there are there are lots of stats that are thrown around and i think they should all be taken slightly with a pinch of salt but the recall is huge and the and the the it does because it fires up more neurons in the brain. I mean, different auditory and visual parts of the brain rather than just the, if you just speak facts to people, then it's, yep. it's just the language understanding that goes on. But, but and people often don't have time to make the effort to use those other parts of their brain. Tell them a story. They haven't got any option about what it's going to look and feel like working with X. But the, what, the, the, the experiment that I always love talking about, and it's one that, I'm probably a lot of story experts out there said, no, you got that wrong, David. There was a, there was a famous um, <clears throat> eBay example of like people buying these yes. tiny little, you know, the one it's, it, you it, know, yeah, yeah. Like, things that cost 50 P or something. And when a story was attached to this thing, it suddenly was worth a thousand percent more. Or sold yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a return on investment in story. He said, <laughs> it's, I, I'm going a bit off script here because it's such a curious okay, cool. topic for me. But is uh, so when I I look at people in my life, and there's always certain people who I think about, like if you're in the pub with, or if you're in in a social situation with, there's very often like one or two people who are just those born storytellers. And there's one in my head I know I can think of very clearly, who will have everyone like just there on you know on every word he says yeah and some people maybe call that charisma some people may call it um storytelling whatever i don't know maybe a combination of both maybe something else is, is it something you can learn is it something you can develop i hope so because that's how i make another thing but uh, it's uh, <laughs> but yeah it, it absolutely that question up a little yeah. bit <laughs> bang smack it out the park <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah, it absolutely is. And the interesting, th there are people who I agree with you are born storytellers. And I love, yeah. I absolutely love working in Ireland. 
and um you know there are, i've got a couple of clients who i go to dublin quite re regularly and help over there and you know though if there is a nation of storytellers i know it's a bit of a it cliche is, it, it yeah. is the irish you know it's a, it's a it's an amazing uh, they, they're great actually often my job really is in, in in the corporate world is just giving them the permission i think to to, to answer your question more fully though yes yeah. it is and bizarrely, I think that the answer to it is, is, is people think, oh, I'm going to be showing off. I'm going to be, you know, I have to hold the room and all the attention has to be on me if I'm going to be a good storyteller. Bizarrely, yeah. I think exactly the opposite is true, is, is, is that what we are doing in, um, in great storytelling is, you know, I told you that story of, you know, me going to Switzerland and being in that room and having no idea what people were talking and. Yeah. Hopefully, you're looking at me, but really, what your mind is looking at is that image of somewhere where you haven't been before. Of that image of me going to the loo, calling my wife, and saying, "What do I do here?" and panicking because. So, so the you focus is. I, I, I hadn't thought about it at the time. I hadn't thought about that, but as soon as you just said that, I realized I visualized the whole thing you were talking about. I could picture you That's in the it. room. I could picture men in suits around a big boardroom table. That's it. And I hadn't that's picked up on that. That's strange. Yeah, no, it's that's that's the that's the secret source of uh, you know. Oh, hang on, we'll talk about Yuri Shulman's later. But we're, uh, <laughs> but that is the secret of, of <laughs> that is the secret of storytelling, and and it, it's a great thing for people who are probably who are nervous presenters, who are maybe a little bit more introvert. Is they think, oh, I don't want to be the center of attention. Once you get them to realize that. Hey, guess what? You're not going to be if you tell stories because you are you're creating a narrator, this. Right? You're, you're a narrator. You're sort of creating yeah. a, 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 a an image between the two of you, which which they're going to be looking at. That their eyes will be looking at you, but their mind is focusing on this image that you've created for them. I mean, it's a it's an amazing thing. Having said that, you do have to sort of. If I just sat there going, and I went to Switzerland, and I was in the loo talking to my wife, your focus would be totally on me thinking, why is this boring man banging on and on and on? <laughs> Whereas in actual fact that the more that you put into the story, the less they notice. So you wouldn't have noticed me probably do my rather, you know, florid hand gestures and stuff just because yeah. that's how I am. An Italian trapped in a an English Australian body but I mean actually it's sort of you know you wouldn't have noticed that but actually I hadn't noticed it exactly and I hadn't right. noticed that exactly I was right. even visualizing it either which is yeah. kind of a bit freaky now I think about it that's it that's the end Chris Hutchins thank you very much that's the end of the podcast <laughs> yeah, anyway <laughs> that's, thanks for that's coming. my knowledge in one yeah thank you mate <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about brainstorming and ideation because I, I, I feel like so obviously this podcast is about content creators and yeah. I know the value of storytelling, hence me wanting to have you on here. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would take away or get some value out of, okay, it's all well and good, you know, I'd be an animated your hands and being, a, you know, not being boring, but. No, no, no. What was some sort of, what do we need to be thinking about from a brainstorming or an ideation perspective? Or is it a little bit different when it comes to storytelling? No, I think, I think they're exactly the same thing. I think they're exactly the same thing. And it's, it's, it, it's a lot of people say to me, well, I don't have any stories or I don't know what I'd write about on LinkedIn. And it's really just that they haven't really, or link, I'm using LinkedIn there. I mean, Instagram yeah. or TikTok or whatever it is, you know, Doesn't matter, LinkedIn right? just happens to be, it's the same thing. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Just happens to be my platform LinkedIn, but it, it's, um, 
I, it's not that they don't have content. I think they, it's almost like content is flying past them every second of every day and they're just not spotting it. And they're thinking, yeah. they're, not, they're not almost making the, it's almost like startup mentality. If I put this and this together, maybe it would, you know, X and Y together would maybe equal Z. And it's, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, it's, I feel, was it Haley Joel Osment? Like I see dead people, I see stories, you know, everywhere <laughs> around me is, is, is like, is like, I'm thinking, oh, that'd make a good piece of content. Like, for example, at the moment in my, in, in, in my house here in, 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 in the Ashdown forest outside my front door, there's this little blue tit. We have a, we have a mirror out, outside our, our, our front doors on the side there, big sort of full length mirror. I saw you post this the other day. Yes, exactly. The right. the cra- yes. Well, that's a gif. I made a gif of that. It was about five o'clock in the morning. I'd gone downstairs. I'd woken up and gone downstairs. And this little blue tip, you can hear him every morning. He's, sm- he's absolutely knocking seven bells out of himself <laughs> because he thinks that there's another blue tip there who's come to invade <laughs> his space. And so I was thinking that. I thought, that's really interesting. And I got my phone out and I just like did a little bit of video of him and stuff and yeah. cut it down and put it into a gif. And I said... Are there really problems in your life, or are you just telling yourself a story that there are problems in your life? Because that that little guy hasn't got any problems at all. He's the king of my front <laughs> garden. He just thinks there's another blue tit who's out to grab his patch. And so, so it's always around there. There, there are there are stories around you all the time. It's it. There is content around you all the time. Okay. It's a case of how do you engineer that into the story you want to tell. I think that's how do you engineer how 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 does one identify that then because i i agree with you i think like we are drowning in content and a lot of it's drab boring you know whatever you want to call it but and i agree with you there's this there's stuff i do and i guess my biggest problem is i keep forgetting it or i think oh that's interesting or i should remember to do that and then i don't write it down well, that's a start. I've got notes and notes of, you know, that, that, yeah. that'll make good content. Yeah, just every time. It's just a notebook that I carry around with me. But, but strangely, I was in a, I'm in a WhatsApp group. And yesterday, there was and it's quite a senior leaders WhatsApp group. I don't quite know how mm-hmm. I managed to find myself in there, but I did. Don't say a word. Your secret is safe. Yeah. I was really surprised how um, we were talking about LinkedIn, about putting content on there strangely and and there's a few in there who i really respect as as senior marketers who i i think really you know top of their game yeah i don't know what to write about and i and i was really taken aback because i thought these people like you know they're they're who junior marketers look up to who um their peers look you know look up to and i was thinking how how are these people who I would have bet any money you wanted wouldn't be in this position of having, mm. I, I call it writer's block for lack of a better term, but yeah, it's really bizarre. And I, I, how do they, how do they spot these opportunities or how do they spot these pieces of content? I mean, yeah. I, I guess the ideation is important, right? Because we can talk later about how to then construct it into something interesting. Yeah. yeah. But obviously the first step is finding something to talk about. How, how can how can if one of these guys are listening to this how would you how would you communicate that to them i would say 
collect everything and you know just literally around you at that you know i mean it's um you know if i look around my office now i mean what you see here is that is that if if you looked on the other side of my computer it is a mass of lights and you know wires and guitars and you know standing desks and god i mean it's not a pretty sight but it's you know nobody needs to see that so i mean there's you know there is a potential idea there as well it's like nobody sees what what's going on in your head the mess nobody necessarily sees as long as you put on a good front you know that you could create a bit of content around that it's uh yeah i think the i think i think you've got to be very clear on what is the point you're making i think that's a lot of the 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 creators who i really respect and admire yeah have and and I think I'm talking to one now. Actually, is 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 somebody? <laughs> are the people who've narrowed their niche down and sort of say, "This is the point that I'm trying to make here." Because if you yeah. know your point, then the content sort of you you find the content, or you can engineer the content towards that point. I mean, obviously, yeah. well, an interesting thing. Actually, let me tell you very quickly about how the story spot has came about as a name. Because okay, yeah, I mean, it, it's. For about twenty years, we were called McKechnie Pullen Limited. McKechnie is my wife, and I'm obviously David Pullen. But what does that yep. do? What does a McKechnie Pullen do? Nobody has a clue. Sounds, what one sounds of them like does. a sounds like a big time consulting uh, McKinsey or uh, Bain does it, company. I, I, you're very kind. I think it sounds like an estate agent, but, <laughs> but <laughs> or, uh, or, or an estate agent. one of the two. One of the two. Yes, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> but nobody knew what we did and then during during the first round of covid when literally the you know the world stopped i remember friday march the 13th i walked out of a client and said see you monday monday never happened and i was stuck here online not really knowing how it was going to work at first um Mm. and then a guy called neil bearden who is just emerging back onto linkedin now but was he is massive he's a bit of a rock and roll star actually you should look at neil he's um okay. he he used he used to teach at uh he used to teach at insead the business school in singapore and he got in touch with me i can't remember how we got in touch but it was via linkedin and he said to me listen i'm 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 i've got this online course now i haven't got the capacity to deal with it all myself will you come and help me out with it and it's it's teaching storytelling to the mbas and the mbas so i went yeah absolutely i'd love to do that which was an amazing experience, actually, amazing exposure just every day, all hours of the day and night, teaching storytelling. And what right. Anil and I used to talk after class, and he said to me, what do you what, what do, you do really? I mean, I, I like what you do, but what do you do? How do you earn your money? And I said, well, essentially, I go into businesses, and whether they're doing a change program, whether they're doing a sales program, whatever it is, and I, and I listen to them talking about it until I think that they've landed at a story which is really going to help them and, you know, that they can create into something which forms the heart of this thing. And he went, yeah. oh, you're a story spotter. And I went, I am now. And it's... um, it, 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 <laughs> Why in that domain? It, yeah, exactly. Well, that is literally what happened. I remember running down. I said, this is it, Sarah-Jane. We're rebranding. And we became the story spotters. And I've forgotten now why I started on this answer. But, I mean, it's it, it's about spotting that, if you like. And... Yeah. and um you know, thinking that's a good idea. So story, that's what it is. What is your niche? I still yeah. do the same thing I did as a McKechnie Pullen, but now I'm a story spotter. So everything I am, I am all content I'm creating drives back to this content of creating story, telling story, the stories you have in your head, the yeah. stories that you get from other people. Know your, know, your, know your point and find the content to prove that point. 
Well, exactly. And you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier and before we spoke, Yuri, who introduced us. And he said to me last yeah. week that on, on the podcast, he said, I asked him a similar question about where he gets his ideas from. And he said, obviously, he's, he's narrowed down his niche. He knows exactly what he wants to talk about. And he yeah. said, whenever anyone asks me a question that is semi-related or anytime I see a question, it goes right down. And he said, then I will construct some content around that, whether yeah. it's a video or whatever. So He is amazing. But I, feel like, I mean, he... Yeah. yeah Sorry, Karen, I interrupted you. No, no, I was just going to no, say... I feel like to say that he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like spotting the story... Is almost half the battle. It is. It's spotting. It, it, it. Well, I think it's spotting the point first. What is the point you're trying to make? What is the relevance of what okay. it is? I mean, without without relevance, you are not going to grab anyone's attention. If you can't sort of, you know, you know, telling a story when we've all been there in pubs with people sort of going, "Oh, that's interesting. Why have you told me that?" Mm. And it's um, and <laughs> you know, especially in business, I always think that you know, unless there is a relevance of why you are telling people something, then yeah. you you might as well not even bother. It's a bit sort of like walking home drunkenly from the pub and trying to get your key into the front door thinking oh it's here here somewhere yeah. but you know you need to be able to walk straight to that point whack your key and open the door and get out that's it so know your point first and then construct the story that leads to that point okay well let's talk about that then so th that sounds like a process or a system if you like mm. is there anything you want to share on on uh systems and processes any tools you use well, I, well as, in, as, in, as in terms of software, that sort of stuff that I used to actually yeah, sort of create stuff. Maybe. Well, I mean, purely on a there's a, I'll, I'll talk about system of story, if you like. I mean, and, and, and what I would say is that I would talk about, let's call them closed and open loop stories, because I can say okay. what I mean by that is a closed loop story is what we would think of as a story. It has a beginning, middle, and an end, and it, yep. it you know, it sits in it, by itself there. It's like a little jewel that you've created. And interestingly, you know, I love them. We all love them. It's why we sit in front of Netflix and sort of watch things. You know, we love those stories. But yep. the interesting thing is, 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 is in business, you get very little opportunity to to tell those stories unless you have been given a platform. And, you know, a presentation or a pitch or something like that, where people have said, we want 20 minutes from you, off you go. And within that, within that 20 minutes, I'm always encouraging people to sort of like find one or two good stories, which are going to bring it out. And those will be the closed loop yep. stories. But the elements of story are things like time, place, character, a clear point some close-up moments, maybe some dialogue, things like that, the problems that are overcome. Those are the, yeah. the those are the the little you know the, the 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 little bits of gold dust that sit within a story that make make people's brains light up, yeah. Which people can use within conversation and sort of say, do you know, I was talking to Chris last week and he said to me such and such and oh yeah, Chris was we were I was in my back office talking to Chris and somebody say, oh really, how how is he? He's really well. You you know, you've lit people's brain up because you're talking about a character and a place and a time and. Yeah. I, I, I think in business, we do it all the time. You know, we, we wouldn't have any friends if we didn't. But, I mean, we do it at the pub. I think there's something about people walking into an office that makes them forget that they're allowed to do that. Yeah. So, so in terms of the, the process of storytelling, 
It's about finding the elements of story. And then what does a story look like, which is, um, well, I can talk about that more. I mean, it's, a, you know, very simply, if you like. I, mean, uh, I don't know. I, go on. What was, what was the open loop? The open the open loop is the elements of story. The things that the open loop is, oh, okay. is 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 during a conversation. It's like the cliffhanger where you sort of you use the elements of story, which includes time, place, character, conversation, right. problems, that sort of thing. So, you know, and, and you might in a conversation you might get you know I had an amazing conversation with Chris last week. You know, on, on Zoom, I was you know it's absolutely fantastic. What a great guy. End of not a story, but there's yeah. a. But you know, people will have seen a Chris. They they know what Zoom looks like, and so their brain is starting to fire, and they go, "Oh, really? What happened?" Uh, well, see, he asked me. Okay, that's what yeah, it yeah. is. So it sort of becomes a. That's the open loop where it's sort of it's how we have conversations essentially. It's just we forget what? that in business. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So we we see it on a personal level all the time, right? We can we talk about stories. You could share. I could share. Yeah. Why do businesses not adopt this sharing framework, narrative, template, whatever you want to call it, into sort of all their communications? Like, even if it's just, you know, we're we're a new toilet roll company, and we've there is a story as in why they've come up with this product or this company, or uh, there absolutely is. But people, and, that, and that's. People engage with that, right? And people want to go on that journey. But business very rarely does that. And I wonder why. I think that's right. Business does rarely do it. I think it's changing. Okay. I think it is changing a bit. But it's um, people. Okay, so so one of the challenges I've often gotten, this can be <clears throat> from certain businesses like the legal profession or the accountancy, that sort of thing, is people say, we don't really deal in story. We deal in facts and numbers and detail and stuff like that. <laughs> and you think, and you say, yes, you absolutely do. Those, that is the vocabulary of your work, but it is not the, that's the language of your, of your profession. But it's yeah. not what's going to stick. You have to put that language into a story form. So, I mean, it's not that I'm taking your facts away. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite definitions of story in business terms is facts in context told with feeling. So you actually take those facts, put them in a context and tell them with some feeling and yeah. that starts bringing them to life. And it's, um, I think business is, is starting to, uh, it's probably, it's on, it's on a journey, definitely on a journey where it's, it's, it's starting to realize the power. the value of that. Yeah, the power of that. And this is a great one. I mean, if I tell you very quickly, I was working on a pitch with a client about 18 months ago, actually. And basically, the, the, the premise of their pitch was we want to sort of like really put a, you know, it's not we want to do things to you. We want to do things with you because, you know, we, we understand you, we care about you, and we're flexible to, to what it is that you need to do. Now, you could actually yeah. say that. It's very high level. The guy in charge, it was a bank. It was a bank that they were pitching some work to. And he okay. opened the pitch, the, 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 the lead partner opened the pitch. He said, you know, about a year ago, I was in German Street in London, and um, I was buying a suit there, and it was a really, really lovely suit. And I went up to the cashier, and, and, and I said, here, put it all on that. And it was rejected because we'd maxed out. I'd maxed out the card, and I literally had no idea what to do. Um, and so I, I got on the phone and I called I called your your call center and and I said to the person there, listen, I'm in London, I've got to buy, buy this suit, but my card's maxed out. Can you help me in any way? And they said, 
absolutely, sir. Um, how much do you need on there at the moment? He said, well, this amount. He said, when will you be back in, in the country so we can talk about this? Said, I'll be back on Friday. Okay, just give us a call. We'll get it sorted out. It's sorted for you now. You should be able to pay. And he said, and it was that flexibility and that sort of pragmatism and that ability to put myself them in my shoes, that empathy, Mm. That's what we want to be able to do with you. We want to mirror the way that you treat your customers. And that was the story, essentially. That 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 set up the premise for the whole pitch of what it was that they were trying to pitch to this bank. Yeah. Now, there are many, there are many reasons why they won that work. But I bet one of them was the opening story, which was, yeah. which hooked people in. And set up the set up the you know the the, the premise for the whole pitch based on that story. Well, it, just, it just gets people on the right foot from the outset, doesn't it? Absolutely, it gathers minds. Yeah. That's 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 a great thing. Absolutely, it's sort of yeah. you know you, when you're talking to a group of people, we're all thinking about oh, I've got to buy the fish for this evening, and uh, oh, I've got this document to do. What story does is it gathers minds all in one place. Yeah, I think that's a you know gets them all thinking in tandem or in parallel. Oh, it's, it's such it's such a fascinating topic. I love it. I know that it kind of yeah. yeah. What's um? So you, you you've rebranded to Story Spotters. What's what's yeah. the future like? What's your goals for the for the company? Well, there you go. What is the future? It's an interesting one because the company is essentially me and my wife. Although we've recently um, teamed up with uh, an ex-client of ours, actually, who, who is uh, now in in who's now become a story spotter, the third story spotter who lives in okay. in Madrid. So that's 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 lovely. That's going to be very exciting because she brings a whole other angle of of business stuff to it, and and she's wonderful. She's very wonderful. the The future is essentially it's about content creation. Bizarrely enough, it's about what does that actually mean? Now, I use okay. LinkedIn. It's been a, the most extraordinary marketing tool for me over the last two or three years where, you know, it's got my message out. It's made new clients sit up and think, oh, maybe we should get in touch with them. It's made old clients remember us. It's yeah. been very, very valuable. But the value in terms of putting money in our bank is about me and Sarah Jane going out and doing the work. I mean, you know, we yep. have to still go out there and do it. And as you can see, I'm not getting any younger. So it's, uh, it, the future is really about thinking, what does, what is, what is the content that we can create that sort of forms offers, which build on each other. And some okay. of the great creators out there, I love what they're doing. It's sort of like, there's the small thing, buy this, buy this for nine, nine. In fact, literally I'm about to buy, Probably when we finish this, a thing that came in my inbox this morning. Normally forty nine ninety nine for nine ninety nine, uh. you can learn sixty three of the greatest guitar riff. And I thought, uh. well, I'm having that. I mean, what's nine ninety nine? I mean, I'd, I'd spend yeah. that in Starbucks. I mean, I will buy that. And that guy's selling however many hundreds of those. I mean, you know, so it's about finding what those small offers are that build onto bigger things, which probably lead to the consultancy. And there's there's a guy I love on YouTube called Ali Abdul. Do you know Do you know Ali Abdul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ali, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know Ali him, but Ab yes, I know. <laughs> well, but, well, yeah, I mean, 4.1 million followers or yeah. something like that. And used to, be a, used to be a doctor. I mean, I love, essentially, all of his stuff is about productivity. Yeah. But everything leads into something else. It's like, buy this course, check this out, blah, blah, blah. And a, a very old friend of mine who I haven't seen for years in Australia who works in marketing in the music industry, I always remember him saying to me, 
every media should lead to a piece of media. Yeah. And that's what the future for us is, is, is sort of thinking, what are the small things that you might be able to, the small guides that might be able to, you might be able to pick up for under 10 pounds. And then, mm. oh, if you want more of that, then there's this blah. That's, it's, it's finding out how to productize more of what we do rather than it being bespoke consultancy. Which makes a lot of sense, right? Because bespoke consultancy, I'm assuming, costs quite a fair bit of money that your yeah. average Joe is not going to go out and, and, and pay. But in the creator economy in which we live, where everyone is a content creator, everyone yeah. needs to learn this stuff, right? So how can you well, make you it more know, accessible, that's, I guess? That, that's a really good point. One of my passions, actually, is, 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 and maybe this is the answer to my own question about what does the future look like, is yeah. I... What, what, I, I think that there's so much noise out there. There's so much content. How do you actually stick out from the crowd? How do you actually come yeah. above the surface? And, and you know, there's the the rise of AI with ChatGPT and everything. And I think we have to – there's the Turing test, isn't there? The Turing test is, is, yeah. is um, you know, the, basically the machine has to be indiscernible from a human being. And Neil Bearden, yeah. in fact, talks about the reverse Turing test is how as human beings do we make ourselves <laughs> discernible from the, from the yeah. machines, which has to be about our humanity. And one of the things that I would love to do is create something at a fairly low price point that would allow kids to do that. When I say kids, I'm meaning sort of like uh, people leaving school, people graduating from university is, is what is the story that you leave in the room at your interview that's going to make you stand out from the crowd? What I mean by that is, do interrupt me, by the way, because I can talk for it. Well, no, I, so it's, I, yeah. I, I was just thinking, weird you said that, because I was just thinking the same thing. Like, there's plenty of content out there at the moment about how to structure a story. And as I mentioned yeah. earlier, I put out my own piece this morning to add to the, yeah. to the abundance of noise. But I guess by the very nature of what you're talking about, you can apply stories in different things, which therefore opens up infinite amounts of markets right it could be yeah it could be as a sales call how do you get a sales you know how do you which could be for sales people it could be for school leavers how do you get that first job yeah. you know whatever absolutely whatever. It right could be for for i don't know women who do x or men who do y or like that there's so many different niches that because storytelling is kind of universal oh, exactly that tweet, exactly you that. can apply it to different things right yeah, and that's what I would like to do with 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 people who are sort of either finding to maybe their first job, maybe they're entering the the job market. I tell you, I tell you what it is. It's like there's that terrible question about. So tell me a little bit about you then, <laughs> which normally leads to which normally leads to people reeling off their CV and you know yes. it's like oh god, really? I'm an accountant. It's horrible. David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I graduated from such and such, and I've worked with these clubs, yeah. none of which anyone remember. One of the things yeah. that I do is I, I've 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 historically worked with a lot of people within the accountancy profession who are maybe going for partnership, and one of the things I love doing is helping them to find the you know the the answer to that question. Tell me a bit about you, which might be yeah. sort of two or three things. The, the best example of this, and I, I still, it's the one I always quote because it was the most wonderful thing. I was working with in Ireland with a woman who I think was going for director at one of the firms, and. She told me this story about how the house that she lived in, she basically built herself, not built, it was an old house, 
but she'd renovated it. She'd, she'd, she'd done the plastering, she'd done the plumbing, the electrics, the flooring, painting, everything, all via YouTube videos. And I was going, oh my God, she said, there's not an inch of this house that I don't know. Ugh. And and I thought, God, that says so much about you, about sort of like interest in learning new stuff, yep. self-starter, can get on, you know, and and we worked on this story where the answer is, so tell me a bit about yourself then. And it said, well, essentially, I'm a bit of a self-starter. I really like getting my hands dirty. And, you know, there's no problem that I don't really like getting my head around. I remember when I bought my... And then she was into the story. Because what she'd done yeah. is she'd made a point up front, these three things. Yeah. And and then illustrated it with this story of her of her building her house. I don't think they. I. 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 I'm not sure they even got to her business case, into because they were just so fascinated by you know you did what talking about her How pictures did you do and that? kittens. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. It's so fascinating. Yeah. She became a director. I mean, it's well, a, do you know what a, as well? Not yeah. not only that, but I bet they they thought this woman's interesting, and yeah. I would like to. Half the thing with an interview is is making someone want to work with you. Right? Is like. It's not oh, coming across sure. as whatever. Do you yeah, do you know yeah. um do you know Danny Denhard? No. No. So he he's a previous guest on here. He's a good friend of mine, but he does a lot of coaching and stuff. I, I I'm going to introduce you afterwards because I think there might be oh lovely thank you some some definite mutual um oh yeah thank you mate lovely yeah. no, I love that yeah his his, his second podcast came out last week actually I'll share that with you as well. Oh, I yeah. saw. Okay, okay, so that's interesting. I saw you post about that on LinkedIn. I thought I must listen to that one. So, yeah, yeah. a, I'd love to meet him, and b, good reminder, must listen to that episode. I will. I'll, I'll intro. I'll intro you afterwards. Um, Thank you. Let's. So the next question is generally about audience engagement, and I, I, I think yeah. I might alter it a little bit for you. Cool. Because I think the audience is important to a story, right? Because obviously mm -hmm. if you lose said audience, um, then the story, there's obviously something wrong with it or whatever, whatever. So when, when one is thinking about storytelling, how should we be thinking about our audience or, or keeping our audience engaged? Very good question. And this comes back, I think, to a tool that I have learned in the last three years or so from a guy called uh, Dr. Randy Olson. There's a name to country. Okay. But Randy Olson was a, 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 was, is, I suppose, still an evolutionary biologist from Harvard, okay. who then left Harvard, went to USC on, in, 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 um, on the West Coast, did the filmmaking course and became a documentarian. And he has developed what he, when I say he's, he's developed, he's what he calls the ABT framework, which stands for and, but, therefore. It's not, it's, it's, it's not really a story as such. It's a, it's a narrative structure that okay. absolutely does exactly what um, every audience needs in order to lean in and go, so tell me more about that. The and bit, so, so ABT stands for and, but, therefore. Okay. And it's like a three-act structure. The first act is and, where you go, where where you put yourself in the sh in the shoes of the audience, and you go, 
I know that this is really important to you. And if you get this, then it will probably mean this to you in the future. And people are leaning in and all lovely, you know, if you go into the pharmacy, the brain, there's lots of sort of lovely oxytocin running around. People go, oh, you understand me. You've thought about me. You get me. Like, so you leak people. It's like, like a hook on steroids. It's a, it's a hook on steroids. Absolutely. It just <laughs> makes people think, you've thought about me. You understand what it is. And then you chuck on the brakes with a serious handbrake turn with this little word, but you say, this is what you want to get. I get that. And if you get that, then this is going to mean this to you. But you're probably not going to get that because this is happening. And suddenly then that little three letter word, but just just puts the brakes on everything. And they go, oh, they lean in and going, shit, cortisol. I'm oh, sorry, shit. Cortisol. I'm going to swear on it. It's, uh, cortisol. It's, um, it, it's uh, because I might not get what I dream of. There's, there, is, yeah. there is panic out there. And then you go, so therefore, what I want to do for you is this and this and this. And that's what the T is, the therefore, which is the yeah. solution to that. So there are these three, these three elements of this is your situation. This is what you're looking for. But you're not going to get that because of this. So therefore, let me actually work with you. And it's basically, I always say, if Aristotle, get, if Aristotle gets a lawyer, then every storyteller on LinkedIn is in serious trouble because we're all basically using, you know, <laughs> two and a half thousand year old techniques of rhetoric, which are situation, complication, resolution. And that's, yeah. that's what the ABT does. It's like, connect with your audience first, show that you've thought about them, that you know what they're looking for and why they're looking for it, and then go into but you ain't going to get it because of this, or you might not get it. So therefore, let me help you find that. It's basic structure. It's Yeah. The magic trick to keeping it. the audience on their toes, right? Oh, oh, it is, it is magical. And the fact of the matter is, it's really, in its basic form, it's really simple. Yeah. What we find is that the nuance of it, of really making it start to pop and you know, come to life with, as I said, some of the story elements of time, place, character, you know, you the, the, that's where the, that's where the pencil sketch of the ABT suddenly becomes this full sort of go-gang like, you know, oil painting, which, which really makes people go, wow, okay. You, you made me think at the beginning of that, that story, remind me of the, the chap's name who went to USC? Uh, Randy Olson, Professor Randy Olson. Randy, oh yeah, Great of course. Guy. There's a book. So, there's a book. He's 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 written a, a series of books called The Narrative Gym, as in okay. weightlifting. And you know, yeah. I, I would re highly recommend that that people sort of check those out. There's one for law. There's one for business. There's one for science. I mean, he he started his work basically because he was so upset about the the, the paucity of science communication. It was just all fact, 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 and people scientists yeah. were so bad at communicating. So Randy Olson, yeah. Okay, but when you, when you started talking about him and you said about film school, it, I I meant to ask you in the previous question when we were talking about um, uh, the goals for story spotters and stuff, is, is YouTube on the horizon? Because I feel like, I mean, you shared an untold amount of wisdom already. We've only been talking for a, a short time. I feel like Thank there's a lot, of, a lot of content for you to be putting out there that uh, is YouTube on your horizon doing more stuff on there? Well, that's a really good question and, and incredibly well timed as well. It's sort of it's it's one of these things that I'm I'm just getting my head around 
Well, A, thank you. That's a lovely thing for you to say. You know, I'm told <laughs> wisdom. I shall take that for the rest of the day. I'm, I'm buying yeah. that one. It's actually chopping that up into smaller chunks. Everything that we've talked about, chopping it up into smaller chunks yeah. that would be YouTube worthy. I think that's the that's the thing. And interestingly enough, hidden behind this computer is is is, is a yet unboxed stream deck that I I have, which I'm, I'm working with a guy in, in the US at the moment who is, once I've got all the branding stuff to him, he's going to create apparently this quite extraordinary zoom experience or it's you know a virtual experience where i can cut into different cameras and sort of like do close-ups okay. and cut into you know so so he says that's amazing it's what i've seen from that that's an amazing thing for youtube yeah i'm i'm, I'm heading in that direction i am heading in that direction so i i'd love to do that because like i said people like ali abdul i think you know there's some wonderful stuff that they're creating out there and yeah yeah there's some extraordinary. It's the niche again. What what niche are you going for? I think there yeah. are some there are some people outside the business world who I really you know I just sort of think oh I'd like to get inside your mind for a while and see how you come up with that. Like who who's who's the first person you thought of then when you were saying that? The first person I thought of is I. He's called Jonah and he works in Sydney. Do you know you know what ASMR is? You know this yes, auto, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. people whispering and stuff like that. There's a, and it, you know, I, I I used to suffer a bit from insomnia, and I'd I'd find that listening to people, this wonderful Aussie ASMR and Welsh ASMR, where sort of people talk very softly about maps and things like yeah. that. I'd like put, put those in here. Oh, just been gone in seconds. Jonah is the son of a friend of mine uh, in, who I went to drama school with in Sydney. And he's a very, very, very talented pianist. I mean, went to, to the Juilliard School in New York and, you know, can play extraordinary classical piano. Um, and used to put YouTube videos up of him playing and they'd get like 9,000 views or something like that. He now has about two and a half million followers as Jojo ASMR. And he's a genius. He is an utter genius at this stuff, and he wow. his his output of content creation. Presumably, he still lives at home with his mum and dad, as far as I know. But <laughs> from what I can gather, he will just sort of wake up in the morning. This comes down to finding the opportunity, and you'll think, yeah. so "What should I do today?" I know I'll go to the shop and I'll buy a box of Pringles and come home and earn fifty thousand dollars <laughs> by tapping that for a you know for twenty <laughs> minutes and going, "Hi, everybody, it's Jojo." You know that's sort of like. That is a man who knows his market. Yeah, is an incredibly warm. I think this is a key as well to creating your own content. Is who are you as a human being? Do you said it before? I think do people want to hang out with you? Do they want to spend yeah. time with you on screen, listening to you, and and and, yeah. and and are you a warm presence? And and Jojo has that. He knows his market. He's a warm presence, and he's technically very good at what he creates. I'm glad I asked that That's question. What I that, was, that wasn't an answer I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How much does analysis play into what you do from storytelling perspective? Do, do you look at what's worked? Of... Well, sort of performance. Oh. Do you look at, like, so for example, Jojo created a video. He might look at the analytics and go, oh, this worked. Yeah, yeah. And this didn't, this didn't because of, do, do, you, do you look at that from a story perspective? I haven't done yet. I haven't quite got my head around that. It's an interesting one. I probably that is another thing that for the future I probably need to get better at. At what it is that 
is, is especially as I branch out from LinkedIn and sort of find the other the other avenues, the yeah. other channels for that is probably finding that LinkedIn is a strange one I find because he, he, I, I, I think that the I, I think that relying on vanity metrics, so the likes and the hearts and the whatever, yep. I think is is a fool's game on LinkedIn. Because what my experience is, I put a picture of me and Sarah Jane in this room on LinkedIn yesterday, day before, I think about just a selfie photo of us. We were about to go live around the world talking to people. In fact, yep. people who were in Lubbock, Texas, who were talking about Winnie the Pooh. And um, <laughs> we were about to go live on that. And it's probably performed better as a photograph and as a piece of content than anything I've put up in the last six months in terms of like, you know, 60 people sort of go, yeah, you know, yeah. fantastic, love it. I wouldn't get a piece of work out of that. There's no way I'll get a piece of work out of that. It's people just yeah. sort of like, like seeing us, our faces, and that we're looking happy together and, you know, we're out there and we don't have to worry about David and Sarah Jane too much. But yeah. <clears throat> the more valuable content of like how-tos, how to do something, it might get a lot of views. It doesn't get as many of those, but it 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 it's it makes people think. So, I had uh, the phone has been ringing quite a lot recently with with people from the past who have never, I've never seen them mention me on you know ne never commented on my 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 content on LinkedIn. They've never put a like or a whatever or a support sign or whatever it is the things you can do on LinkedIn, but they're lurking. They're yeah. lurking there in the background. And so short answer to your question is, I think if I do get into YouTube, if I do get into <clears throat> Instagram, I just, I don't know. Somebody actually said to, I've got this little character called Bernard, <laughs> which I, Bernard has a fez and a moustache. And Bernard is the person you don't want to be as a storyteller. But Bernard's a bit pompous and thinks he's great. And yeah. um, a guy called Jeremy Connell Waite, who's a, a bit of a storytelling genius in himself at IBM. I've heard of him. So do you know, yeah, no, Jeremy's fantastic. You re people really ought to look out for Jeremy's stuff on on uh, uh, on on on, you, uh, on LinkedIn in particular. He's 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 okay. top of the game. He said to me, "You know, Bernard should have a TikTok channel." And I thought, "Oh God, do I go there? Do I? Maybe I do." I don't know. Anyway, if I do any of those things, analytics will have to play more of a part than they do at the moment. Okay, fair enough. Tell me something <clears throat> you struggle with or find tough from a storytelling perspective, I guess. <clears throat> wow. Shutting up, as you've noticed in the last hour. I mean, I'll, I'll put Maybe, it that, although on. I disagree. No, go on. Go on. Go on. Is, is learning when to stop a, a a key part of telling a story yeah it definitely is it definitely is it's it's that point about so like getting the key in the lock no 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 the lock that you're driving towards and don't drunkenly think that you're arriving at the point i mean know yeah. where this thing would know where she knows where your story stops and also i i think it's it's not something i struggle with in storytelling i mean but i mean god knows there are enough other things i struggle with but i mean just in in terms of storytelling one of the things is people putting in extraneous detail that isn't necessary. It's sort of like, you know, I remember I walked into the office of the client and there was a most wonderful aroma of bacon coming from the kitchen that morning. And you sort of think, okay, you went to talk to them about an audit. How is 
the smell of bacon relevant to this. It's sort of like, it better, you know, unless it appears later in the office, you know, and I was talking to the client and suddenly this bacon sandwich appeared. And I thought, you know, Chekhov, the writer sort of said, if you bring a gun on in act one, it better go bang in act three. He said it yeah. probably a lot better than that. And is so if you're putting that, detail- people trying too hard? People trying way too hard. Putting in, if, if yeah. trim it back. The interesting thing, if, if we go back to that thing about, you envisaging me in the office in 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 Switzerland. Yeah, you were you were adding detail that I hadn't done. You could see those people I hadn't said. I remember he was wearing a an MCC tie and blah blah. You know whatever it was. I mean, you you mm. you dressed the people for yourself. You knew what they looked like. You knew what the officers looked like without me actually having to tell you that. Um, well, because I you guess co- you co-created a Swiss a Swiss banker has a stereotype don't they i mean exactly right so you allude to it and then my brain does the rest and that's great storytelling especially you know okay. that's i think in i was going to say in a business context but i think in any context because essentially why do people lean in a because you've set a uh, a relevance and a context for them that makes them think okay i better listen to this and then yeah. you've put enough detail that they can then add to so as a, as an audience and as a as a as a speaker you are co-creating this story together which is that's that's where we're heading for that's the magic that's the magic just say okay. enough <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that, that, that that is a struggle sometimes i'm sure there's plenty of amazing storytellers out there that you you look up to if you could spend time with just one of them for the day who would it be Oh, a storyteller I could spend the time with. There's a guy in... Yeah, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, to give you some time to think, I've just thought of this, and I'm totally taking this off off track. Have you seen... And I saw it on somewhere, maybe it was LinkedIn recently, where they took Star Wars and Harry Potter... And they essentially showed it was exactly the same story. And they just took out, yeah. Yeah. instead of right, they crossed out Luke Skywalker and they put Harry Potter and they crossed out yeah. um, Tatooine where he lived and put under the stairs. Have you seen that piece of content? Absolutely. I've, I've not seen that particular content on LinkedIn, but I've seen similar things because essentially what all of those stories are doing are following joseph campbell's hero's journey hero's joseph journey, campbell yeah, yeah. was yeah that's that's essentially you know it's the it's the the the, the call to action the refusal of you know i can't remember there's like a 12 on my wall actually okay because i just blue tacked it but there the... you go the hero's journey that's it <laughs> that, that's it and do you and do you know what it's as as it, it, it it's fantastic and it's made george lucas a hell of a lot of money and it's it's and J.K. Rowling a, apparently, and J and J.K. Rowling absolutely. It is yeah. essentially at the heart of, but 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 Joseph Campbell sort of coming up with that sort of, uh, you know the the hero's journey methodology is great. It's way too complex for somebody in business to be doing that. Yes, I mean essentially essentially the ABT boils boils down the you know situation contradiction you know or challenge yeah. solution it boils the hero's journey down into three steps so i i i 
I love that. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of, 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 of that sort of epic storytelling model. I just mm. don't think, in the same way that when I used to be telling, doing that voice teaching course of your voice in the business and doing lots of humming and, you know, making lovely vowels and finding the resonance of your voice, nobody was going to do that on Monday after the weekend. I mean, it was sort of like, yeah. it was a nice weekend, but, you know, you have to be doing this stuff every day to make it second nature nobody's going to be doing Joseph Campbell's hero's journey every day because they've got a job to do. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, try and find, I'll try and find that Star Wars thing. It was really quite funny. They literally just crossed out a word in each, each like paragraph. I love it. It was, it was clever. The storyteller. You asked the storyteller. The crew, no, no, yeah. No, no. no, I have thought of one. There are a couple, I think, but, but, but the one whose name I can remember is Matthew Dix. Matthew Dix. Have you come across Matthew Dix? Um... You might have. You may have him there on your book. You, you, Story worthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Story worthy. Matthew Dix is a bit of a he's a, he's a bit of a guy. I'm um, I'm connected to him. I'd love to I'd love to hang out with him because he's a so Matthew Dix is just an ordinary guy, a teacher in America, who yeah. happens to have had a hell of a life, <laughs> and he's mm. found the things that ha- happened to him in his life. And he spotted that content as it's flown by him. And he has an exercise that I can't remember the name. He basically gets into the habit of every day writing down, this should get, this This would make a good story. How can I use that? I'm just going to interrupt you rudely again, just show you what else is on my wall. <laughs> What's, oh, so, it's not in focus. What does it say? It's oh, a, it's a, really a, did. A P, oh, sorry. It's a PDF of um, yeah. the highlights from Storyworthy. Ah, how brilliant. Can send me that as well if you want. <laughs> yes, I will. But, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I will. but but Matthew Dix is great. I mean, Matthew Dix is a great storyteller. There's a thing in the, called in, in the US called the Moth, which is a it's a storytelling club basically, and you go there. And from what I understand of how it works, is you will turn up there and you'll be in the audience, and you know they'll say the theme for tonight is kiss first kiss right. or something like that and you know you're going there you have to have a story about it and they'll they'll draw out five names from the hat and those five people have seven minutes to come up on stage and tell a story and at the end the the audience votes for the best story and Matthew oh, wow. Dix just he just smashes this out of the park every time I mean he's won <laughs> so many of these things he's a he's a great storyteller he's structurally he's a he's a he's quite a he's quite a contained storyteller he, uh, yeah, he, you're David Sedaris as well. You know, David Sedaris, the American, uh, no, right? name rings a bell. Okay, no. you should. He's very funny, very funny. He's a writer, but you can, you can listen to, he's got, there are, the, he, he can hear him reading his books as well. Basically, stories of his life, just the, okay. just the, you know, the, the troubles of his life, which are just very funny. But Matthew Dix, I'd love to hang out with Matthew and just, pick his brains for a day and just watch him in action okay here's a deal for you if cool. we can get matthew Dix to come on the thank you interview yeah i will let you i will let you guest host it and you can you can do that that is so okay that is very cool just tell me what do you need from me let's make this happen just go asking the questions just talk to him they're yeah, all the same yeah, questions it's easy that. right i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna we'll, we'll get on to him afterwards Lovely. <laughs> no, if, that, if, that, if this happens, if we, can, if, this, if we can actually pull this off, I'll be stunned and amazed. Hey, let's say big. Yes. 
if someone came up to you and said they wanted to uh, supercharge their storytelling or, you know, they really want to get better at it, what, what would be, I guess the advice could be real. I mean, you've covered it as well, I suppose, but I mean, the, the advice could be ending, but from a starting point, what would, what would be your, what would you say to them? I think there are two things. One to do. One is to do with performance of, of a story, and the other one is to do with is, is to do with the structure of story, and it comes back to that second element of the ABT, the but. Find the problems in your story, because as human beings, we are fascinated by, you know, we're fascinated by people overcoming stuff, and and you know, find the find the problem got in the that got in the way, because we want to, we, storytelling. I think we should see it almost as something that we as humans love which is problem solving it's like how did they get out of that one and going back to your thing about star wars and jaws and every great film is like how are they going to get out of this one so i think find the problem in your story i i, I sometimes say say story and and, and make it a big <laughs> make it a big butt <laughs> find the big butt your stories stories love big butts there you go I've said <laughs> but it's uh <laughs> you know it's it's find a problem in your story don't just make it a oh i did this and then i did this and then i did this and everything was great because that's a story it's a sequence of events it's just a really dull story find the i went to the shops this morning i bought a loaf of bread i came home i made some toast and then i got on with the day it's a story i went to the shops i went to the bought a loaf of bread, came home, opened it up, and every single slice was moldy. So I had to think to myself, so what else am I going to eat for breakfast? And I found some porridge. You know, suddenly there's a problem you're overcoming. So the first thing is find the problems in your story, make them problems that people can relate to and overcome them. Then the second thing is get over yourself. Just become a, you know, become become more of a, tell that story with feeling allow people a great story allows people to see what is happening a good story allows people to see what's happening a great story allows people to feel what is happening and that will only happen if you're if if you're feeling it as well i want to go back to your first point around problems yeah and so we we kind of were introduced by linkedin where we both spend a fair amount of time looking at content (laughs) and there's a big saying in social media about authenticity. Yeah. And what I find really, really strange is your point about problems actually fits very, very well with authenticity, right? When not one of us is smashing it every single day. And, you know, we, many of us have businesses or our own content channels or we have problems day to day, all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the social media landscape, not people don't really highlight that right there's a a lot of people who want to talk about the positives all the time or the wins they've got or the lamborghini they're driving or the the whatever and i had this with a previous guest we were talking about this who she worked in social media and i was saying why people not actually sharing the problems more and now you've told me that just kind of amplifies that thought process because Mm where's the balance right because obviously if my business is failing or i can't sell anything for love nor money or whatever yeah i sort of don't want to necessarily that's a problem yeah where where's that balance or how do we adopt that into us into our we'll use linkedin as a thing but or any of our content 
because mm. I know you're right in what you're saying that people love that and they love people to be in adversity and actually I don't know some weird human thing we love seeing people in in trouble yeah yeah and we do I guess from the underdog perspective you then want the underdog to come out of it and win that's the key that's the key yeah I think it's the key between it, it, and it and it and it and it's what would make the difference between social media and therapy. Save the yeah. save the. I'm not selling anything for your ther- therapist. I mean, go and deal with that there and pay you 150 bucks an hour or whatever it is to actually sort of offload that yeah. there. There was a saying that I saw the other day. Somebody put it up, and I can't remember, and it really upsets me that I can't. Somebody said, "Speak from the scar, not from the wound." And I just oh, think I like that, that is a, that's really good, isn't it? You know, there's a, I've got yeah. a scar from this, but you know what? I recovered, and this is how I did it. But if you're speaking from the wound of like, oh god, this is terrible. I don't know what I'm going to be. Then yeah, so I mean, that's I think that I think that's the key. Show your well jaws. You know, great scene in jaws where they're showing the scars to each other and where they got the you know oh, this is where I got this one and and it's a uh, you know people love a good scar story. They don't necessarily want to see the wound story. I, I read a very interesting story about Jaws the other day and um, Steven Spielberg was saying that the the original script and the original um, treatment and the rest of it had the shark in it very early on. <laughs> but they made, they, yeah. they made have, you, have you heard this? And they made this fake no, I shark, haven't. obviously. And it was like, and he says, oh, it's an incredible replica. Like it just, it was really realistic and lifelike. Anyway, they put it in the sea, salt water got into it and basically just corroded it within seconds and they couldn't use it. <laughs> and as a result, you don't see a shark in the film until, I, I can't remember what it was, like 70-something minutes. And oh. the, the audience is always on edge because they haven't seen it, they're just imagining it. And he says in this story that had the shark not corroded and he said it would have been a totally different film. And he said yeah. it would have been it would never have been as successful as it's been. It would have been a total write-off. He, 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 that was his words. That's fascinating because all you have really is the you, you, that that John Williams two notes. Yeah, and, 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 and as you pointed out earlier, the imagination, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Funnily yeah. enough, I you when I'm explaining the ABT to clients, or when Sarah Jane and I are explaining the ABT clients, we use Jaws as an example. Yeah, because Jaws, Jaws is a really this 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 is a whole other subject, but it's we, we we talk about what we would call push and pull influence, and push influence is when you go into somebody in a in in, in a situation and say you got this problem and this is how we're going to solve it, and yeah. basically you're pushing and people that that makes people think really I mean so have I got a problem I really and they start you push against somebody they push back against you yeah, defensive and yeah. defensive exactly that yeah. now. The the alternative and what why the ABT and storytelling works so well is it's pull influence because it sort of says it's it's like I understand where you are get you I get you get what you want but this is in the way of it and the shark is in a sense the but the but mm. now now the w- reason why Jaws is such a great film is because it's push influence it's yeah it's like Brody goes into the mayor and says you can't open your beach this weekend there's a shark shark out there eating people and the mayor has an argument they say. Don't be ridiculous. We're going to open the beach. We've got to solve our economic problems. The beach is opening. Get out of here. And we have a great yeah. film that went on and made millions of dollars and continues to. Mm. If Brody had gone in there 
and done an ABT and sort of said, Mayor, I understand this is a really important weekend to you. And, and, and if you get it right, then, you know, you could really get your, your election back on track and you'll secure <laughs> yeah. our 1.5 million debt. But you know what? There's a shark out there that's going to actually stop this weekend. Then the film might have been about five minutes long and Spielberg yeah. wouldn't have made all that money. But it's um, <laughs> but the shark is the butt. The great thing is that Brody didn't do the end bit at the first. And so we had a great you know film of a clash of personalities, essentially. Hmm. I haven't seen it in years. I might dig it out, see if it's on yeah, Netflix. I must watch it again. It's, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it holds up, actually. I bet it will. Yeah, I think. Well, because it's, it's following the format more than anything, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. the... Yeah, that, that's the absolutely. kind of key takeaway I've seen from storytelling. It's you can kind of put all the ribbons and bows on it you like, but ultimately underneath there is a a pretty solid structure. Yeah, I think that that's the key to it. That's the key to it is that mm. there and and this answers your question earlier on. Can you teach people it? Yes, you can. It's about. I sometimes say to people. People say, people say to me, oh, but we've already learned this. We've learned the ABT. We've learned story structure. We've learned these patterns and such and such. And I said, yeah, but now you've got to go and continue doing the reps to actually sort of get yeah, good at yeah, this. Yeah. It's like if you went to the gym and the gym instructor said, right, we're going to do some bench presses. Oh, no, I did one of those when I was 15. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you've got to keep doing them. Keep telling the stories. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Funny. Last question for you, David. I am conscious of your time. If we spoke again That's in twelve fine. months and you'd considered it being a successful for you and Story Spotters, what would have happened? Where would you be? Well, you've got me thinking during this already. I mean, it's uh, it, it it absolutely is around that content creation about how you stack the content, how you you start to how I start to, for want of a better word, productize some of the things I do wrong. Just being about me going out there and you know mm. doing it bespoke for people how i would maybe it is youtube you've got me thinking now maybe it maybe that is part of the deal here how how I, how i create things which stack together become a, a sort of a bigger offer one that leads into another and and you know passive income passive income there you go 12 months time bit of okay. passive income <laughs> i tell you it'd be very cool is if you could do something for school students that could just be, yeah. I guess, as a freebie almost, just to sort of get them, you know, as a, as, a, as a campaign almost, where you could, like, create something that all these six formers or that are going yeah. in, into... That's, that's certainly in, the, in, in my mind at the moment, because I do think that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, the more that we, the more that we are connected to the media, the more that people's heads are in their phones the whole time, and people are saying, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I talked to such and such the other day," and they didn't talk to them. They messaged them on Instagram, or they, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they on WhatsApp or whatever it is, or TikTok. I mean, they didn't actually talk to a human being. So, I love that idea. I mean, how is a human being? It comes back to this thing: How do you make yourself discernible from the technology? And that starts with kids about getting them to sort of feel comfortable going in there and saying, "This is why I should be your apprentice," and creating the content. That, so, content we're talking about this predominantly through a in, in terms of the different channels that are out there. But you know, in when you're sitting in front of another human being, trying to essentially persuade them that you're the right person, you are a content creator there as well. Yeah. spoken content creator so that that's that's a lovely idea and something i would absolutely get behind 
If anybody knows how to want. do that and wants to team up with me, get in touch. <laughs> kind of, it does make you wonder, just going back to the, the kids leaving school, if all this technology and social, and this is maybe a little bit deep, but all these social platforms are actually having an adverse effect on the communication skills of these kids going into the real world. You know, air quotes, real world. I, I, um, it's a, another conversation, but I have a, I, I fear it is. I, yeah. I fear it is, but then I'm very old, and of course I fear it is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, maybe there's a flip side to that, right? The stuff they're seeing on these platforms, TikToks, YouTubes, or whatever, is actually given a whole different side of education that maybe I can't comprehend. Yeah. I don't know. No, 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 no. Well, we, 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 certainly I am a, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a, you, you, I'm not the demographic it's aimed at. Doesn't stop me looking at it, but it's a, uh, you know, because you've got to keep up to date with it because the world is moving, content is moving so quickly at the moment. So quickly. Yeah. If you're yeah. not, if you're not, if you're not consuming it yourself, then don't even bother trying to create it because, you know, the, 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 the trends will have moved on. <laughs> they will. And then you get called a boomer. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining me today. I have really absolutely enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed uh, chatting to you and hearing. I, I feel like I could have picked your brains and, and listened to your stories for hours and hours and on end. If anyone wants thank to you. come say hi, check out what you're putting out there. Is LinkedIn the best place for me to put in the show notes? As we speak today, absolutely right. That's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is 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 my main platform. So so please follow me on there or get in touch with me on there. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm very happy and always happy to jump on a call with people as well. Love talking about and this if, stuff. And if you're listening or watching in a year's time, you could well be doing dances on TikTok. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you so much for your time. I've I've had the best morning. Thank you, Chris. Um, thank you, Yuri, for introducing us as well. Yuri Shoulders, the magic source. Well, he he can definitely help you out with uh, YouTube, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Thank you, mate. Right. I've had a great time. <laughs> My pleasure. Cheers, David. That was 10Q interview with David Pullen of The Story Spotters. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm assuming you did since, A, David is a fantastic guest and you're still here feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10q interview everywhere as i said at the beginning make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this and the next 10q interview episode will be live in your feed and on your youtube subscription list very very soon that's all from me for now take care of yourself bye